Hi, my name is Dan Slofer. I'm the senior pastor at Crosswalk Church in Phoenix, Arizona, and I'd like to welcome you for our message today. Uh, we're starting a new message series called Your Questions Answered. And today specifically, we're going to see or ask the question, how does God talk to me? And just before we begin this message, this question came up very recently and it came up because we're going through a building campaign called Imagine and it's been difficult for me and maybe for our leadership a little bit because there are so many questions that we are trying to answer about the land that we have and building costs and they've been weighing very heavily on me. And sometimes I just don't know what to do. I don't know where to guide the congregation. And someone in the congregation asked the question, how does God speak to you, Pastor? How, how do you get the answer that, that maybe you need to think about that a little bit? And I, I thought that was just an unbelievably profound question. And my answer was, First of all, well, God speaks to me through his word, so I, I definitely want to listen to his word. But believe it or not, I've read through the Bible numerous times, and it doesn't say anything about the building project at uh, Crosswalk Church in Phoenix, Arizona. And so, okay, God speaks to me through his word, but what are other ways that he also communicates? And, and in his word, that you are going to find things about his values and, and the character of God. And although he doesn't always answer these questions directly, that by searching out, and, and in our congregation we have a vision, uh, mission, and values, and, and specifically our, our vision that, that we want to be a community where all people can come to know and strive to live and share the love of Jesus, that all of a sudden as we we have God's word and, and the values that he gives us, the steps forward become more and more clear. And then thirdly, besides that, is the counsel of other godly individuals uh, where I don't carry this alone. I don't have to answer this question alone, but, but other godly people are on this walk with me. And so as we look at this message series, Your Questions Answered, my approach today, the reason why we're doing this, this lesson first is it's kind of the idea of if you give a person a fish, you give them a meal for a day. But if you uh, give them uh, or teach them how to fish, you give them a meal for the rest of their life. That is what we plan, I plan to do here is that we are going to learn how to answer these questions so that we are ready for any questions we face in our lives. So where we start is Hebrews 1, verses 1 and 2, and this is what the writer writes. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom also he made the universe. This, this great picture, and it really shows how God has spoken to his church over the years. And so, yeah, there were times where he talks about the ancestors, the, the prophets, where he spoke to them directly. And notice there's a switch, though, and that switch came when Jesus arrived. And that's where we get definite, reliable information from God. And where is this recorded for us? 
it's recorded for us in the Bible. It's recorded for us in, in the pages of, of, call it Holy Scripture, the Bible. The Bible means book. Holy Scriptures means holy writings. But, but either way, as we look at that, because we have the words of Jesus, that is where we go for the answers to the questions. And, and that is going to be the most reliable information, the most clear information of, of where we want to go. Now, that having been said, we run into a couple bumps along the way. Jesus did. And in Matthew 22, um, Jesus is having a discussion with a group called the Sadducees. And they were a religious group. Um, I, you would probably call them religious liberals. They, they didn't believe in a resurrection from the dead. And they, they very much, I think, would have seen the, the Old Testament as archaic. Uh, definitely not to be taken literally, and, and more uh, a way that you would look at a, a bunch of stories more than anything else. So what they were doing almost is, is trying to maybe pick holes in, in Jesus' teaching and maybe even make fun of him for, for thinking or believing uh, in the Bible, the Old Testament, in a literal way. And they asked him a question about the Leveret marriage law, which, which I don't need to get into, but it was this teaching that someone, when they were married, if they were to die without having children, that their, their brother would marry their wife. And, and so anyways, with this leverage marriage law, they, they asked the question, if there were seven brothers, they all married the same woman, who would she be married to in heaven? And this is how Jesus responds. Jesus replied, you are in error because you do not know the scriptures or the power of God. And those, that, those words are just stinging. When you, first of all, the, this word that God has given you, where he gives you reliable, direct answers, you don't even look at it and you don't even know it. And secondly, you're denying the power of God and what God even does. And it just reminds me of a, a, a little story that that's, someone was talking to me about. And, and we were talking about our, our building program and stuff like that and, and the power of prayer. And the story goes is that a bunch of pastors uh, were, it was in the middle of a drought. And so they went to have a prayer service to pray for rain. But only one pastor brought an umbrella with him. And it, and it reminds me of this because, fine, you know the word of God, but do you understand the power of God? And by their, by their actions, those, those other pastors, as they go to him in prayer, were saying, we don't think God has this power. Only one of them really held on to that power. And as we go to God and, and ask the question, how does God talk to me? And, and we get answers to understand that, th that we need to know what he says but also to understand that this word comes with power and the power of God, the power of the one who gives it. And then Jesus, another time, was talking to people who, who knew the Bible, who knew a lot about the Bible, and, and this is what he said. You study the scriptures diligently because you think that by them you have eternal life. These are the very scriptures that testify about me, yet you refuse to come to me to have life. And, and so as we look at this, this understanding that comes from God and, and getting answers from him, a lot of times we run into issues because we are either too lazy to know the scriptures or too stubborn or unwilling 
to accept them. And so that's something that, that maybe as you have questions for God, is it so much that he doesn't give the answer or you don't like the answer? And, and that's where it goes inside of us, of the, the sinful nature inside of us of just saying, what we really want is God to tell us what we want to hear. And when it's not, we turn from it. A second example of that, that as we look, at, it, it can be such a platitude, I guess, or, or such a um, the, the trite saying that, you know, God's word gives us all the answers we need. And the reason why is not because God's word doesn't, but it's because it gets twisted also. And so this is an account where Jesus is talking to Satan, and specifically what we hear is God's word in Satan's mouth, which makes me want to throw up. But what, he, what, what I want you to see as I read through this is Jesus is giving the answers from, from God's word to answer Satan's temptation, and Satan's trying to use God's word against him, uh, coming back with a counterpoint. So this is the exchange. Then the devil took him to the holy city, which is Jerusalem, and had him, Jesus, stand on the highest point of the temple. And now here's the twisted words. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it is written. Okay, so now he's going back. This is in the Bible, Jesus. You know this. It is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give to you if you bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him and the angels came and attended him. So there's two parts to this I hope you see. One of them is how Satan twisted those words, which were meant to be a promise of God for our protection, that God would be there to protect us. And Satan's using it in such a way that we use God as our personal bodyguard to do whatever we want and, and kind of um, make him do what we want him to do. And Jesus says no. That as you look at that, it's, it's you don't test God in that way. The second part then is when Satan tries to get something that Jesus might really want, like all the wealth of the world. And this reminds me of a time I was um, teaching in high school and a student raised their hand and said, you know, if, if Satan were to say, worship me and I'll give you everything, what if I said, okay, so that I got a million dollars, excuse me, what, what if I did that to get the million dollars but then after I, I, I said that, I said, um, oh, I didn't really mean it. Um, and that way I could get the million dollars and, and not mean it. And I said, that would be fine. But you have to give the million dollars back. And, and the point to that is we try to have it both ways. What we want is what Satan has to offer and remain true to God at the same time. And so we try to manipulate and massage God's word so that we can have the best of both worlds. And as Jesus tells us here, you can't, that these are incompatible. So again, today, how does God talk to me? Be careful that we don't twist what he says.
The final words are from Proverbs 2, and, and what these words show is a relationship that we want to have with God. And the writer of the book of Proverbs says, My son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding, indeed, if you call out for insight and cry aloud, for understanding, and if you look at it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. And I hope you, you see this, that, that all these words that are used here, that you're calling out for it, crying out for it, looking for it like it's hidden treasure, that I hope you see this, that, that the truth from God is a, it's a journey. To, to think that you are going to have a question that if you get it answered right away today, that that's going to be the end of the journey and then you're going to have it figured out. There is no silver bullet like that in scripture. The closest it is, the closest silver bullet we have in scripture to the answer of all the questions is, God's love for you is seen in Jesus as your savior. That ultimately is the key to understanding the scripture and the key to understanding life. Uh, and, and what we have here uh, at the end, if you, if you don't have a, a piece of paper with you, you might want to pause for a second and get it because uh, I'm going to give you a, a list of things that I think can help you, some steps to take um, as you you move forward with understanding God and his word. So what is my approach? How, how can I do this? How can God talk to me? What, what are things that I can do to help this or enhance this? Um, the first one I have is simply begin with prayer when approaching God's word. I had uh, someone who was a seminary student who was writing their first uh, sermon call me and ask me for advice on how to write the sermon. And the first question I asked is, have you prayed for the Holy Spirit to guide you on this journey? And he was honest and said, actually, no, I haven't. And I said, you are out of your depth. That, that how, when I write, when I do these things, that's, that's where I have to start. Dear Lord, what I'm trying to do, finding the answers in your great wisdom is beyond my comprehension that your foolishness is wiser than my wisdom and your weakness is stronger than my strength. So even as we begin this, this is the places where we are going with these questions. Um, only God can give these answers, so we start with prayer. The second thing that I have is clear the slate or empty the sponge. Whatever you think you know about God, empty it out of your head and let him speak. So many times, misconceptions, and the way that this happens that I see most often is when a person says, Pastor, can you give me a verse that says this? I'm like, no, that's not the way it works. You don't go have this idea in your head and then go find a verse uh, that backs up your opinion. Read all of God's word. Read it a chapter at a time. Read it in context so that you let God speak and, and let whatever you think you know uh, put that to the side. Third one is focus on what God does say. A lot of times we're frustrated that he doesn't say this. Like he doesn't tell me whether or not we should build right now. He doesn't tell me where it should be. 
But what he does say is, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. What he does say is, he's with me always, he's with us always to the very end of the age. And a lot of times those bigger questions that are answered are more important than the little question that I think is so big in the moment that he gives me the answers to these bigger questions. The next one is see Jesus in the answer. Whatever your answer, if you're going to go to the Bible, understand uh, John 20, 31. These things are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ and by believing may have life in his name. The Bible is not an answer book. The Bible is not a uh, law book. It's not a rule book. The Bible is a book that is written specifically so that individuals will know the way to heaven through Jesus Christ. That's, that's what the book is about. And so understand when you're looking for these answers, that answer is given and it's most important. Next would be see the ditch on both sides of the road. So many times that the Bible gives two answers that seem opposite to the same question. Example, is God three or is God one? And the answer is both. So we would see these as he's either three or one. God is triune. He's three and one. That when we look, does God forgive sin or does he punish sin? And the answer is both. That, that God both has a loving side to his heart and a just side to his part. And he's 100% loving and 100% just. And so a lot of times you're going to have to find the tension in that question and understand that, that our, our questions might seem simple, but the answers are often complex. Another one is embrace the mystery. There are times when you simply have to say, I don't know. God doesn't say. And so as I go through life, I'll just have to embrace that and say, God doesn't tell me, so I don't need to know this right now. Another one is to go to trusted advisors. As I already said, that God's word speaks, but I talk to so many other brothers and sisters in, in the faith who can guide me, uh, maybe to choose questions I don't even have. They help me ask the right questions. And then finally, one of our values, keep on learning and growing. Keep on learning and growing. There's a truth, it, it, or uh, a saying that goes, the truth comes a little at a time. Think about that. The truth comes a little at a time. And I think about that, for instance, in my relationship with my wife. I know my wife, but I still, my whole life, I'm getting to know her. And, and we will until death parts us. That's part of having a relationship. And that's just with another human being. So in my relationship with God, understand that you, what you think you know about God, if you think you have God in a box where you understand him, you have no idea. I have no idea, which is why I keep on learning and growing. And so many times, the situations that go on in my life make me re-examine the truths that I think about God because he challenges me to think differently about him and his love and his purpose for my life. I've given you a lot of things here. I understand that. And I hope you were able to get some of them down and Understand finally as you leave from here today, you're on a journey and it's a great journey. It, it's a journey where there is a treasure at the end of it, but there's also treasures hidden along the way. And that's what a study of God's word is. And so as, as another maybe to do if you want to do this is uh, we have on our uh, 
Church Center app, one of the Bible readings we're going to do called Questions About God. And this will help you too, a ask some of those questions. Uh, this one's unique because they're all videos. The devotion are, are videos from Time of Grace. And you can ask some of these questions and, and learn the method of finding the answers. Let's pray. Dear Lord God, we thank you that you do talk to me. Uh, you do talk to each and every one of us in your word. And as we do that, Lord, it's the truth comes a little at a time. And that's why we keep on learning and growing. We keep on turning back to you and your word. And now help us, Lord, to, to, in our lives to embrace this, to embrace your word in our lives and apply it uh, to all the situations we face. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. Lord, look on you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. Give me joy more than my share.